Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 274 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us as we continue with our study for September the 28th through to October the 11th, covering 3rd Nephi 17-19, to Behold My Joy is Full. Today we're going to continue with the section in 3rd Nephi 17, uh, which talks about the Saviour being our perfect example of ministering, but we're also going to talk about 3rd Nephi 17, 13-22, the Saviour taught us how to pray. There are some beautiful, wonderful examples and lessons we learn in this uh, section that we're going to have a look at today. So let's dive straight into it. In verse 11, the Saviour, uh, it says in the, in the Book of Mormon, uh, and it came to pass that he commanded that their little children should be brought. Now, straight away, uh, I'm not going to talk too much about the idea and the importance of the, of the little children coming to him. But what I would like to do is just identify again just the importance of the, the little children. Um, Cheryl C. Lant said, quote, It is our responsibility as parents and leaders of this rising generation of children to bring them to the Saviour so that they might see his face and the face of our Father in heaven as well. As we do so, we also bring ourselves. Close quote. This is an important principle that in our ministering, we do not forget the little children. We do not forget those in primary and even those in youth. Of course, we never, we always know, we know the importance of ministering to the youth. But sometimes I think we forget about the primary. Uh, and I think that, you know, they are, they have just as important a role in the work of salvation. And we'll come back to that uh, later on in this section when the Saviour does bless these, bless these little children. But I do want to talk about when, how Christ then kneels down and he begins to pray. Now, this prayer that he says, we don't actually know the words that he says within the prayer itself. We know that in verse 14, it says this, And it came to pass that, that when they had knelt upon the ground, Jesus groaned within himself and said, Father, I am troubled because of the wickedness of the people of the house of Israel. Um, it's fascinating to me that after that, we don't actually know any of the words that he said, but we know that it was a miraculous revelatory experience for everyone involved um and i think that as we go through these next you know couple of chapters i want you to watch out for how often the savior prays during this time if we want to learn how to be a, a have a perfect example of ministering and again i don't think the savior was doing all these things to be a good minister or ministering brother he was doing it because that was just him that's his nature so we have to make this become part of our nature but uh, until then, un- uh, if we want to be a better ministering brother or sister, we need to pray more with and for our families, because that seems to be at this point what the Saviour is doing the whole time, is just praying for them and praying with them and teaching them how to pray, uh, to really communicate with the Father. And speaking of communicating with the Father as well, it wasn't so much the words he said clearly, because we don't actually know the words he said, but it was the feeling, the communication that happened. How often when we say our prayers do we think more about the things we should say rather than the things we should feel and experience? And I think prayer should be more more often a focus on the things that we experience rather than the things that we say. Because as we have that deep connecting experience with the Father, that that, that has much more impact than saying more impressive words with the Father in our our prayers. Um, 
Elder Jeffrey R. Holland said this, quote, We cannot know exactly what the Saviour was feeling in such a poignant moment, but we do know that he was troubled and that he groaned within himself over the, the destructive influences always swirling around the innocent. We know he felt a great need to pray for and bless the children. In such times as we are in, I too pray for the children. Sometimes it seems that a sea of temptation and transgression inundates them, simply washes over them before they could successfully withstand it, before they have to face it. Well, some of these things may be beyond our control, but I testify with faith in the living God that they are not beyond his, close quote. Pray for your children, pray for your little ones, that they may be given the strength uh, to overcome this sea of temptation, as Elder Holland describes it. These words that can, could not be uttered by the Saviour, um, we cannot learn from the words themselves, but we can learn from the in, the feeling and experience that the people had through prayer. And we need to also try and have that as well. I love how in verse 19 it says, And it came to pass that Jesus spake unto them and bade them arise. And I've said this a few times. Notice as well how often he says to the congregation to arise. And obviously you could just see that as a physical, oh, well, you know, get off your knees kind of thing. But I think it's big. I think it's deeper than that. I think he is inviting them to arise, to, to ascend, to, to, to be lifted up toward his plane, toward his level, um, to, to get closer to him. And in verse 20, it says, And they arose from the earth, and he said unto them, Blessed are ye because of your faith, and now, behold, my joy is full. Um, you know, this this joy, we can also have this joy of the Saviour. And if, as we seek for this joy in our lives, there's some words by Barbara B. W. Winder that I want to, or Winder, that I want to share with you. She said, quote, How can we foster, uh, how, can we, how can we provide a climate in our lives to foster the presence of the Holy Ghost, that our lives may be more joyful? Just as a reservoir stores water to bring relief and replenish the thirsty land, so we can store experiences, knowledge, and desires to replenish and fortify our spiritual needs. Four ways may be helpful in developing reservoirs of righteousness and spiritual self-reliance. We prepare by developing a cheerful disposition wherein the Saviour can dwell, learning the Saviour's will for us, that we may know our divine potential, understanding and accepting his atoning sacrifice and repenting of our sins, keeping his commandments, and having a firm determination to serve him, close quote. So all these things, I think, are really important as we consider how we minister to others as well, helping them to recognise recognize these four principles and see them in our lives will help us a long way in um, helping others arise and come close to the Saviour. I want to finish this section today with the, the conclusion of chapter 17, where the Saviour um, speaks to the multitude once more at the end of this chapter. He says, Behold your little ones. And in verse 24, this happens. And as they looked to heaven, they cast their eyes towards heaven, and they saw the heavens open, and they saw angels descending out of heaven, as it were in the midst of fire. And they came down and encircled those little ones about, and they were encircled about with fire, and the angels did minister unto them. Now, um, I wonder, and this is kind of just my thought, here but I do wonder when the saviour says behold your little ones we often then you know imagine the Nephites looking to heaven seeing these marvellous uh, this marvellous angelic experience uh, and having a great revelatory experience as they heard um, these angels minister to the children uh, and I think that you know obviously that is a wonderful experience to have but I do wonder as well when the Saviour said, Behold your little ones, if he was inviting them to see their children in a different light, to see their children as glorious beings with divine potential, 
Uh, there's a great know why from Book of Mormon Central number 220, which uh, titled Why Are Children So Prominent in Third Nephi? Um, I, I, I do think, I do love the idea that the Saviour is saying, Behold your little ones, not so that they can then see, you know, the angels that are about to come down from heaven and provide this miraculous experience, but He wants them to see their children. He's asking them to behold them, perhaps in a, in a new way for the first time. Um, and there's some words by Elder Lynn G. Robbins, which I want to share on this. He said, quote, Perhaps more than opening the mouths of babes, the Lord was opening the eyes and ears of their astonished parents. Those parents have had been granted the extraordinary gift of a glimpse into eternity and of beholding the true identity and premortal stature of their children. Would that not forever change the way parents saw and treated their children? Close quote. This experience didn't just change how the parents saw the children, but it changed how it saw themselves. Uh, we've, we've spoken, um, it was said by Elder Holland earlier in his quote that if we change the way we see our children, uh, then we change the way that we see ourselves. In fact, no, that wasn't from the Elder Holland quote. It was from one of the quotes earlier anyway. Uh, basically that, oh, it was the Shell C. Land quote, that um, as we change the way we see our children, we change the way we see ourselves. Um, to conclude this session, I want to share this quote by uh, President uh, M. Russell Ballard, who said, quote, he said unto them, children in reference, uh, he said unto them, uh, to me, that means that we should embrace them with our eyes and with our hearts. We should see and appreciate them for who they really are. Spirit children of our Heavenly Father with divine attributes. When we truly behold our little ones, we behold the glory, wonder and majesty of God, our eternal Father. They are receptive to the truth because they have no preconceived notions. Everything is real to children. Their souls are endowed naturally with divine potential that is infinite and eternal. Close quote. I just think that is a beautiful concept that as we start to behold our little ones properly, as our saviour invited the Nephites to, then we start to see, you know, it, the, the divine potential that they have, and in turn, the divine potential that we have as well. It is, an, it is another way that our, our father has given us, so that we may see the, the, a glimpse of just the potential that we have. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study session. Please do follow the podcast. You can subscribe to it and be informed of the daily podcast dropping each day into your uh, into your download list. And you can also uh, re- review and uh, rate the podcast. That'd be really helpful. Please join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. So you can just join in the, the discussion on Facebook there. And as always, you can email session at gmail.com if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode as well. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.